Hey guys, Avis coming to you from the editor's chair to give you a quick note about this week's subject matter. We are going to be talking about uh, self-harm in incredible detail in the A-plot. And while we do make every effort to keep it contained to just the A-plot, there might be mentions outside of our specific A-plot discussion. So if you feel like any mention of self-harm or related terms will um, trigger you or upset you, please feel free to skip out on this week's episode. We will have a lighter episode for you next week, and uh, we hope that you will consider joining us then. If you do feel like sticking around, the B-plot is discussed right off the top, and then we do dive deeper into the A-plot after that, although I do believe there are mentions of the A-plot in the mix of uh, the B-plot. So, uh With that in mind, I hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, thanks. All right, bop, 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 bop to the top. Let's do this. I'm going to just take it from the very top, okay? Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of season three of Your Mom's Podcast, the only podcast that's worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Caroline. And I'm Avis. And today we're discussing Degrassi Season 3, Episode 8, Whisper to a Scream, with special guest Chris Ruiz, owner of Pearl Street Pizza in Barrie, Vermont, and lead singer of A Sunday Fire. Hi, Chris. Hey, glad to be here. So that's about burning down churches, right? Your band? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, uh, metaphorically and physically. Um, wonderful nice Before, I love just like diving in so um, before we get started you want to tell us a bit about you who you are what you do uh, yeah uh, I like you said I own Pearl Street Pizza uh, here in Vermont where I now reside and I sing for a Sunday fire we've been a band for coming up on a decade now Got a few nice. years to go. We've toured uh, a lot of America, played to a lot of people, done a lot of cool stuff, and uh, we're still still going strong. And it's pretty cool. This is probably the longest relationship I've ever had in my life. And uh, nice. Yeah. Wait, oh, isn't great. How, how how long have you been with your wife? Uh, Less than a decade. First, by like a month, like a month. Ah, nice. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. While um, he would have been the right age at the time it was airing, he has never seen Degrassi. Mm-hmm. This is the first and only yeah. episode. It, um, it brought back some memories, I must say. Yeah, for the time, uh, can't, I, I grew up in Alabama. So, mm-hmm. you know, wherever they're at in Canada, a little bit different culturally than deep South Alabama, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, still some nostalgia there. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, Chris, you want to bring us into uh, Whisper to a Scream? Absolutely. This is where I read the poem, correct? Yes. Okay. Roses are red. They go on Terry's locker. When Ellie is drowning, Paige is there to help. Shocker. And welcome to the show. You want to hit that synopsis too, or you want me to take that? You can take that. <laughs> Sorry, my, uh, right. I don't know if you see me chugging water. My throat is uh, a little weird this morning. You're fine. 
We are very casual here. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Ellie Nash is struggling something fierce. Her dad has just deployed. Her mom is drinking again and math is hard. Plus she's still best friends with Ashley Kerwin. Even though she's just landed her dream co-op placement working with Caitlin, the weight of it all is too much to bear. So she turns to self-harm. Marco and Ash are too wrapped up in their own shit to notice. But luckily that Paige is there to throw her the life preserver she so desperately needs. Also in this episode, Tear Bear has a secret admirer who may or may not be Toby. Um, all right. We usually hit it with the B plot first because those tend to be much lighter. Yeah. Um, as you can probably yes. tell. Um, and then kind of circle back around for the more heavy A plot. I hate a Toby in this episode. Okay. But He's why so weird. Again? Because they, they want Toby to be like, an incel and I hate it. I fucking hate Toby. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Toby sucks yes. in this episode. He, and Toby yeah, sucks. He makes weird faces. He's he's just odd to look Is at. Is he calling and, her and Clarice? Yes. I had yes, to rewind it. I had to rewind uh, it like three times because I was like, wait, wait, what? And my and uh, my girlfriend was just like, are you rewinding it again? And I'm like, I, what did he call her? And she was like, Clarice. <laughs> it's, like, I didn't, she was like, I didn't know that's why you were rewinding it. And I'm like, yes, I need it. I'm, I'm typing this for a show. I need to know what he called her because <laughs> he said it so weird. Like, they, why like, do they come in accent. Why do they just come in so strong with the Silence of the Lambs reference? Like, this is a kid's I, teen drama. What are we doing? Well, <laughs> and like expecting. I full seen this full disclosure. I've never actually seen Silence of the Lambs, but is she a psychic? Because I wow. don't feel like I remember that being no. a thing. No, that's the thing. It has nothing to do with it has anything. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> that's why do I was it. like. He's talking like Hannibal Lecter, but like, <laughs> like Clary, Clary, like the kids like Bob version, clairvoyant. Yeah, like, like, like we got we got Hannibal Lecter at home. Hannibal Lecter at home. <laughs> All right, as like someone who's not, <laughs> as someone who's never seen the show, and yes. my first impression of Toby is he's imitating a cannibal serial killer. and it's supposed to be confusing you as if to like that's his love interest or not like what a toby also has a girlfriend already toby is currently seeing somebody which makes it hidden in the cupboard it's so weird it's it's a very weird who dates who dates toby he sucks who sucks Her name is Kendra, but she's gonna disappear soon. Oh, yeah, because so he it doesn't her. really matter. If, if I were to just guess, it's because he eats her, because that's the vibes he's giving off. <laughs> I mean, fair. It's so fair. bad. It's because, so like, abrupt. With... It's just so abrupt. Like it's so abrupt. It's such a weird <laughs> reference, and they don't stop making him weird throughout the episode. And right. Then he does like he does the classic thing that I hate that men do where it's like oh i was just testing you to see your reaction bro fuck you (laughs) okay okay so it is so for some context that's totally valid for some context toby's older toby's stepsister is ashley 
Um, it's a fairly new, like they moved in together in season one. We're in season three now. He has mm-hmm. very quickly jumped into the annoying little brother role. And Terry is one of Ashley's best friends or was until she did ecstasy and was mean to Paige and Drake. Um, and <laughs> I love how I love how you put it, but that's completely what happened. It's completely accurate on the social out, and that's why she's alt now. Um, that's why she's alt now. She was like goth last season. Um, right now she's but, just, you know dressing slightly dimmer. But, but so I think there's probably some of him being annoying because it's his stepsister's friend. And he has fun annoying them. And then, however, I don't know. It's still such a weird fucking choice. And like, it's a weird thing to give him to do. Because they Avis decide and to I... bring back, like, go well, ahead. They, okay, so just to also say, Terry's character doesn't get much to do either. And she had a plot line last season where they made her the mystic oracle and like using her tarot cards. Yeah. She's really into like tarot and and shit. So that's where it's come from. That, that the tarot cards won't help her. And it's like, they're trying, I don't know why they, of all of the films about actual psychics and clairvoyant, like why, choose silence of the limbs like you it's said such an a, imita- it's a weird like, choice specifically an imitation of a seri- a, 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 a fucking cannibal yeah <laughs> like, I, it is a very odd choice well, and i'm so sorry this is your intro to toby because well, we actually love toby on this show now that i know about the the lore of the lords better yeah yeah that well it makes more sense okay. but it's it makes sense crazy at least. it's Still it's weird. Still it's still like not left field, but it's still weird. It's still a weird thing to give them to do. Like I completely forgot about this plot line until I was like, of course, it's like one of those things where I remember the A plot, but then the B plot, I'm like, oh yeah. Also, B plot in this fucking. <laughs> also, I, I hear you, I hear y'all using plot a lot. Um, yeah. I feel like that's giving a lot of credit to the writing of this. Uh, what you, what word would you use? <laughs> uh, loose conversations. Uh, yeah, it is a lot of the flow of the show is a little jarring, which makes it even more just over the top and ridiculous because it's like, Hey, here's some really heavy, weird stuff within a 30 second frame. And we're off to the next thing. And I hope you have yeah. time to process what you just heard. Yeah, so I yeah. It, I clocked it. Like, I mean, you know, something really heavy. Uh, I mean, we know what happens in the A plot that the culmination of Ellie's suffering kind of is clocked at 10 minutes and 29 seconds. And um, <laughs> it comes at you quick. It I, comes at you quick. I, so, but then you have little time to kind of like sit with it until there is some resolution, um, which I know we're going to discuss in the A plot. But I, I really, get what you're saying. While watching it, while watching it, while, just while watching it as a first time watcher, uh, not knowing what this show is about, uh, yeah, it comes at you quick. <laughs> And it's like, wait, what? Am I supposed to be under... Is there something that I'm missing? Because you're just throwing a lot at me right now. Well, but there is... I mean, there's so... There's so much that you're missing. You are missing the Toby-Ashley relationship. Um, You didn't know about the ecstasy and the being mean to Paige and the Drake... Making Drake want to cry. 
Um, you don't know <laughs> about better with context. You know, um, you don't know about the dance where Terry was gonna like get with Spinner, but Paige got her drunk instead, so she made an ass of herself, and now Paige is with Spinner. You don't know about like there's so much that's happened that in these. Oh, man. Spinner's great. I Actually, he kind of sucks as a boyfriend. I love Paige. I just I just want to say I love Paige. Uh, yes. I just want to come straight out and say I love Paige. She love, enters yeah. the scene, serves cunt, and is amazing. I love <laughs> She really does. But then also, I so I see, and you, that. we'll get to, yeah. we've got to, like, you got to, we got to get to the a plot but we need to touch really quickly yeah. on rick but i know because this I is our introduction to rick um yes do you don't know why rick is rick significant is do you the chris wait is this the first time rick is ever showing up this is yes. the first time do you know <laughs> right this is whoa whoa i had to explain so to my girlfriend what second that, you know, i don't rick? know the importance but i just know that if this, if if you're, if what you're telling me is that this, Rick becomes an important character, what a way to just shove him in there and be like, "This is it. Here he is." Wow. Well, so <laughs> no. Do, do you want a quick very rundown? Significant. I was gonna it, say, like, maybe we should mute ourselves. No, we can't mute ourselves because no, it, even Avis. Anybody who's no, listening to this fucking show it. has already seen Degrassi, but. <laughs> Um, I know, but if you're okay, all right, here alert. We go. If you're watching with us, he's the one who shoots Drake, right? Us. Is he the one who shoots mm-hmm. Drake? Yes, yeah. he, so is. he He pops Jimmy. I, Got it. I'll yes. tell you. I'll and, walk I mean, you through, through it tonight. How we get co- there? If you want, through a culmination of events. I mean, there's a Taran yes. feathering event. It's, there's a Tear Bear's going to get well, into, get put into a coma. Terry is in a right. She's in an abusive relationship, oh, a relationship Bear. because he pushes her. She hits her head on a rock, and then the entire school knows about it. So they're all against him. He's bullied relentlessly. He leaves. He comes back. It's and, and shoots you know, Drake. He he's accepted. He's not shoots Drake. Shoots him, himself. So so Rick's responsible for Drake. I hate him. Yes. Well, yeah, and we hate him too. And I know <laughs> that you love Paige and we all love Paige, but we if you really want to look at the please. chain of events, if Paige hadn't gotten Terry oh, Bear drunk yeah. before that dance, Terry would have been with Spinner and she never would have dated Rick and she never would have been put in a coma and Rick never would have shot Drake. So there's a there's a lot to digest. This there's is a lot Caroline to digest. Theory. And I do think it holds weight. However, we did have Shane Kipple who played Spinner on the show and he just felt like he never saw any sort of connection between Terry and Spinner, which was controversial. <laughs> he was like, I don't know why people think that. Weird. He's like, and we were definitely like, we're not feeling those vibes, but like, I, I just don't necessarily know. We, we can't say for sure that they would have stayed together enough time to make it so she would no, have but maybe, but it's maybe, possible. maybe by then, maybe from dating Spinner for a little bit, she would have gained enough confidence she to not date Rick. To date, to not date Rick. You're, mm-hmm. I think that so, that's a fair. Or to start dating system. Rick and then be like, oh wait, no, you just put your hands on me. Back the fuck up. Recognize to, to yeah, because so, yeah, that we so y'all are, y'all are throwing out a ton of names. Um, 
which yeah. I have in my notes. It says intro. Okay. That says, why are there so many people? Who are these people? Okay, it, wait. Who I are you never, confused about? No, I'm not confused. I'm just saying the intro. Okay. I've never seen an intro that introduces okay. 45 <laughs> characters within a 13-second song. Well, and, and this episode doesn't have a lot then you of those see, characters. And then you like, see, a we see Marco. We see a, yes. We see Marco, Marco. Ellie, you know, Page... Right. Ashley, Terry, some thoughts on Marco. Hazel, I can't wait to get Toby, to that part Rick. of Marco. Rick. Yeah. We'll get there. Are we, are we ready yeah, to it, move on into A-plot, I think? But the, but the, I'm just saying, the intro, though, is like, oh, there's a ton of people, and then I don't see them. So, I've, mm-hmm. I really it's tried... I really tried to keep this perspective from... I don't know anything about Degrassi other than Jimmy Cooks, or Brooks, whatever his name, <laughs> Jimmy. Um, Jimmy Cooks. That, that's, <laughs> you didn't even see Jimmy this week. Uh, that's the only no. thing I know about it. And so I'm trying to keep it at the perspective of I know nothing about any of these people. Right. And so the intro comes on. It's like, hey, here's every Canadian that's ever existed in this intro. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, yeah. No, but um, actually, yeah. they're just like, here, you can go in there too. Go ahead. We'll find something for you to do. There's a ton of people in the intro. I've never seen so many people in an intro. It's crazy. And like, that's one of the things, this is uh, one of my, this is my favorite. If not, I think I have one more that might be a little bit more like when they get a little bit older, but like this style of going around the school and everything, they change it up. Then like in the later seasons, they get rid of it. But I love that they try to just introduce everybody because in the later seasons, you don't even know some of these characters' names. Or some of these actors' names because you do not see them in the intro because there's so many of them and they just drop that component. Yeah, no, the, and the ensemble so hard, is but small like, don't, right now. It's compared to well, yeah. So I think that's a good. I mean, we the a plot is far more chaotic to discuss, even though the a plot was uh, the b plot was pretty chaotic too, but in a different way. So weird. That would be chaos. This is just chaotic episode. It's a really chaotic episode for you to come in on, Chris. Actually, for us to ask you to come, we just were just like asking you to just saddle up. For did I tell you how this like like, went down, Avis? Fourteen cutting. Did I tell you how Chris came to be on the show? Um. Yes, you did. You did. But tell the pod. Tell the pad. Tell the pad. So. Chris owns Pearl Street Pizza, where I work like twice a week so that I can talk to people essentially and like leave my home. Um, winter is rough in Vermont, y'all. And if you don't know, in the restaurant industry, when you get sent home for the night, it's called being cut. And last week we were slow, and one of my coworkers was like, Hey, Chris is cutting himself. And so I went over to Chris and I was like, you know, made some joke about self-harm and then was like, Hey, you know, actually we're recording the self-harm episode next week. You want to be on the show? And for some reason he said, yes, here we are. Like, here yeah, we are. I'd like to come on, on your, on your podcast and talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Decisions were made. Decisions, Decisions were, totally were made. made. It's like when I invited Maddie to Kesha, I didn't expect her to say yes, but I was like totally there for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) She was ready too. saddle up. She had so much fun. It was great. 
okay, so the right, right. No, she was so cute though because she's like barely left Vermont, so we're like stuck in traffic in Boston, and she's like, "This is fucking awesome." There's a lot of words I can think to describe that. Awesome is not one of them, but good for her. <laughs> right, traffic is just not. It traffic wasn't even like an interesting like... part of the city. <laughs> um, Both of those are un- unfun things. Um, okay, so Chris, you okay, love so Paige. You, That's Paige's, a oh, welcome opinion on this show. It's a very well. This is a Paige Shines episode. I again, I was watching with my girlfriend, and she was just like, "Oh, well, she does come through. You know, she she's got her moments where she's a piece of shit, but she look at her coming. You through, know and what, not Chris? Even <laughs> if you like Paige, and you ever want to sit through another moment of Degrassi, I highly recommend watching the season two two parter shout. Um, it's a kind of where Paige starts getting really fleshed out as a character and she faces her rapist through the power of rock and roll. And so they named it shout after tears for fears. Yes. Mm -hmm. What a, what a decision. They did. Decisions were made. These are the things I can do without. (laughs) I can do without. Come on. I mean, to be fair, rape is a thing I can do without. We didn't have Music Corner last last season, but I'm so fucking excited about it. What a way to uh, confront your rapist is through Tears for Fears. uh, No, she didn't sing that. She She sung an original song written by Ashley, okay? But that was the essence. Which is somehow worse. So the great. song that she sang is very shout, shout, let it all out. So <laughs> it's the, it's what? the like teen version of that. You know, I, I, <laughs> I love that Degrassi has the courage to face these topics. Yeah. They're you very know, unafraid, even like with their portrayal of Ellie's self harm in this, in the so, same plot. It's chaotic, is it, but is it is it okay to talk about Ellie's self harm right now, or should we wait? Yeah, no, no, we can talk about Ellie's no, self harm. Let's we're... talk about it. Okay, yeah. all right. I just want to say, as someone who has dealt with people in their life with self harm, uh, I uh, used to work in um, mental health uh, with people who were specifically self harm. Uh, patients when I was working with them. Who the fuck looks at a compass and says, you know what, this is where my cutting era starts? It's a weird choice. A compass? What in the fuck? And like that she read, like she thinks that this, like a compass is, okay. (laughs) Yes, it's sharp, but she's gotta be like, hacking into like not to be too not to be too graphic but she's got to be hacking into her skin because well, it's really only maybe an inch well, long I, I meant to take it's, a screenshot of it but if you look at the compass on the episode it's not like a fine tip compass it looks it's, rounded it looks like it? a fucking blunt object yeah. like on the on the show and it's just like it's she's like, she's just staring at the compass and like you know what this is where I start with this compass. 
with this? Well, okay, so can I make two points in perhaps explanation of the compass choice? One is that I think, assuming it's not a super blunt compass, it makes sense if she's going to be like cutting at school and shit. Like, here's this thing that it makes sense for me to have on me that will get the job done. I also think they want to portray self-harm without like teaching you how to fucking do it. And so yes. let's have her use a blunt ass <laughs> compass. And then, you know, if some kid's it's like, I'm going to cut myself. You can find a fucking compass these days, assuming you can fucking find one. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, but you I'm could a product in those of states. Alabama public. Ed- yeah, so I'm a right. product of Alabama public education. I never saw a compass in my life. Um, I actually had to look it up before coming on here and be like, what is this contraption called? What the fuck is this? No, I actually did use, I I have used compasses before, but like my school was also like, not that, you know, my school was like the poorest county in the richest, uh, like municipal, like the, no, the poorest area in the largest county or whatever, because I don't know, borough is what it was called. And so we got no money um, for for anything. So we were using plastic compasses, not the fancy, because like Ellie's got a fancy compass. It's a, it's a metal compass. We had plastic compasses that everything on the bitch was plastic. There was no like actual metal part to cut yourself with. Um, (laughs) I had a metal one. (laughs) When I saw when I, when I saw I, the compass, I was too poor for that one. When I saw the compass, <laughs> and Caroline had already let me know that this is a show about cutting. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the compass, and I literally groaned. I was like, "Oh, there's oh, no way yeah. that's it!" Like it was just such a ridiculous choice. I and also. I don't want to. Go ahead. I don't want to say I don't want to hijack your pod. Uh, <laughs> But I really need to just, in my soul, talk about all the events that led up to that. Yes, thing. yes, please I walk ha- us through. This. I have some. So, all right. So the oh, all right. It starts with the opening, where first of all, I, I I don't remember. I don't know when this show was made. Um, I'm assuming this episode took place around 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2003. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, post 9/11. Mm-hmm. And the opening scene is this goth girl hanging out at like a military parade, and it's it. it, it I didn't know where we were going from that. And <laughs> the first scene, I'm lost. <laughs> first, first of all, I, I know something about uh, goth and alternative women. Um, they would never be at an American or be at a military parade. Maybe Canada's built different, but I don't care if that is her dad. She's not attending that. She doesn't care. Like that's a wrong portrayal of goth and alt women. So first off, this is not a goth woman. This is a goth child. And she's Ellie. So she's just going to make the choices she's going to make. And it's not a parade. It's a send off. And like her dad's leaving Chris, her dad's leaving. He could die. Okay. And uh, even if he doesn't, still, she's going to be stuck with her mother. It's a peacekeeping mission, but I hear you. Caroline. It is it's a little a, weird. The fact is peacekeeping. He's going to Kabul, right? He's yeah. going to right. Kabul on a peacekeeping mission. He is not. You think people don't buy, die on right. peacekeeping missions? 
A hundred percent they do, but this is also like Canada. This isn't the United so, so, States going on a peacekeeping mission. So maybe this can, is like, Canada you, going right. on a peacekeeping mission, okay? So it's maybe like, Canada. like 70% above board. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the alt child is at the the send-off because they're Canadian and they're just nicer. I just know <laughs> no American alt child is at their, any American send-off for the military. So fair, I factored that fair. into why she started. I, so I honestly fair. feel... I honestly feel that this is the start of her cutting. Um, mm-hmm. Not that her dad is leaving, but that she was forced to go to a military parade. Um, oh, that's how I choose to see it. You're okay. like, this is the first domino. Yeah, this is, we're getting to her 13th reason. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. And so oh, a, a, a couple of things about, a couple of things about that. Um, <laughs> Again, I don't know her backstory, so this is just the first thing I'm bombarded with in this scene. I don't like the way she looks at her parents kissing. It is very weird. It feels uncomfortable. <laughs> she, if you notice, she like, like, does this? It just looks weird. And then her dad just like is talking to her weird, and then like grabs her pigtails and like brushes his hand in it. I, I hated that whole energy of that whole segment. Like, the I, three of them, I actually want to know how their household... Because we get that... I think we get it later. But we don't get it in this episode where we see the three of them in one household. Because presumably it's better. But I don't sure think we ever see her dad really again. Weird. We never see are her you, dad are again. Are you sure? We hear that her, he died in Degrassi Goes Hollywood. We see her mom, but her dad is gone. She wouldn't be living on Damn, her own with Sean if her dad Chris came back. into the deep end of spoilers. Oh, he's never right, going to watch right, the show, right. and if he does, but, it won't make but, sense until he gets there anyway. But the but okay, the, but fair, the whole energy, damn. the whole the whole energy is weird because I just know how alt goth people are, um, and then all of a sudden they're being portrayed as like the most loving family with weird vibes ever it's like i don't know it, it just the whole dynamic comes off as weird and yeah then i instantly get thrown in that opening this is just an opening scene <laughs> and then you get thrown into the theme song well well no before that it's my least favorite scene i've seen in a show in a while yeah, um it's fair. still part of the intro where they see her dad get on the bus, right? Like, they are literally there to watch her dad get on the bus. And then he waves from the bus. And then her mom's like, there he is! Like, yeah, no shit! He just stepped on the bus! <laughs> you saw him! You're at an event watching him get on the bus. And you're like, there he is! I, I hate it. Um, if I was Ellie, I would have started cutting right there. And I mean, <laughs> everything can't be your 13th reason, Chris. <laughs> it, oh my it, gosh. It, it's too much. It's too much. Okay, but like, Ellie's mom's vibes are off from the start. Oh, yeah. From the very Don't make moment a scene, that we Eleanor. see this woman. Like, what? Like, she's just being a genuine, like, asking you, are you okay? Like, how are you feeling? Blah, blah, blah. Like, brings you food. Oh, the smell. Well, maybe if you weren't chug-a-lugging vodka to the you head. can't even finish the bottle too. before you open another so, one. It's weird, too. So, 
I have. Okay, I have but you get some cheap ass vodka in the plastic bottle, bitch. So, I have a note that says, yes. "If someone said, uh, that smell about my food, I'd cut too." <laughs> it's not Ellie's food; it's the food she picked up. But like, look at like she picked up like a bunch of fucking food, walked it back home. Went got plates and like has no attitude or reaction to her mom being passed out drunk at presumably like four o'clock in the afternoon max, bitch. Four four <laughs> o'clock max because she so, went and she didn't even do anything after school because she, her her interview was during school. To be or fair, if it was okay. after school. That's being generous. Four o'clock in what the fuck. In Mrs. Nash's defense, here's what I'm going to say is I imagine that what Ellie brought home is Indian food because she's vegetarian and like whatever. There's a lot of options there. And I love Indian food. I love Indian food. But if I had spent my day drinking plastic bottle vodka and somebody came home, woke me up and shoved a platter of it into my face, I would be like, whoa, that's a lot. That's that's." But here's the thing. She called Ellie at school, most likely, to be like, hey, can you bring home food? And that was when she was riding high on her fucking uh, plastic bottle vodka. She's not thinking. (laughs) I'm choosing because I can only believe what's in front of me. Uh, Mm. I'm choosing to believe that (laughs) the only thing she drank that day was a pint and a half of vodka. And no water, no. But food that's not it. that much alcohol. So okay, like, she's... are you are you an alcoholic or did are, like what's? Because if you're this an alcoholic, Degrassi, they don't want us to to if know you're an alcoholic, alcohol. A pint and a half is not nearly enough to get you to the state she was in. So right. I feel like they, but then if, and it's vodka too. And then fast fast forward. To the the next the, the the worst montage I've ever seen in my life, where there's like uh, bottles collecting around her. So we go from oh she drank a pint and a half, oopsie doopsie. To there's twenty bottles on there's twenty bottles on the coffee table, and so is no one gonna pick that up? Like you just leave that out. I feel like Ellie wouldn't allow all that alcohol to just sit there because earlier right. in the show she picks up the vodka. And she's like, let me move this, but you're cool with the 20 bottles on the coffee table. Like, something ain't adding up. She's now becoming desensitized to her. <laughs> and she's probably <laughs> overwhelmed, and she's got to go sit in her room and cut herself. She's got things to do, okay? She she's doesn't have time. Overwhelmed. She doesn't have the time. She's either overwhelmed, Caroline, or she's whelmed. We, either it, one, we, we're not she's sure, not in Europe, she's so she's got to be overwhelmed. Like I said, I... I <laughs> I, I, that I montage need, I, I is a garbage. I love a bad I montage. Okay, I love a Degrassi montage. I just have need a little bit more story. They gave you a montage, a dude. But have we seen the four block editing style um, in, oh, the, in the show yet? So no. I think that's it's the cheesiest thing so... of having like her being on the phone with her dad and then her mom like pouring herself alcohol with a shaking hand from two different angles. It... Mind you. Two different angles and she's like, oh, oh. I can, <laughs> I can tell you exactly how that happened. Um, they were like, damn, we need some B-roll footage. 
and they just gave it to an intern, and everyone else went out to lunch. And then when they came back, there was that montage. They were like, "So you just, so you just use this damn uh, fucking." template and you just ran and you just plug yeah. these images in here and you I, just you just did you thought no one would notice they we found the template some creative they found the template on like probably like whatever canada's free access public television thing is <laughs> threw it in there also the song that plays during that is it's such garbage. a bad montage song garbage <laughs> I, I like I remembered liking it way more as a kid. I remember thinking it was like like listen to it like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, even worse about the montage is that the montage is supposed to like be this massive tie-in of all the story and it's just different <laughs> cuts of her mom drinking. Hey, it also shows her and Ellie like where she's struggling and Ellie, her like lying on the like, fl- floor also... and then just sitting up and being like, "Time to hey cut now. now." We get progression of time. <laughs> oh, we get her. Oh. We get her cutting progression. We get her talking to dudes at at the dude at the center about her right? problems, which doesn't seem to help her. Well, uh, she's not talking about hilarious. her problems. She's talking about what. Well, the not you know what does. I mean. Not her. She's talking about problems. By the way, it doesn't seem to help her. To talk. I love this. I love this scene where she's just holding open scissors and it's like, okay, you're, you're a cutter. You're a cutter. You're not going to chop your fucking hand off. Like, what are we doing? They got 22 minutes to tell a story, Christopher. What do you want from them? Right. They're like, we don't have props. So you know what we've got? Scissors. We've got scissors. Because the way she's like. A compass. She's looking at them (laughs) like she's about to cut her hand off. And it's just the most ridiculous thing. I want to saw it off and get a stump here. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's so good. Do Canadians not have knives like in their houses? (laughs) And you know what? I'm and not to be like not to give any if we I don't think we skew young at all, but if we've got any young listeners, like I'm not trying to give you any ideas, please don't do this. But it when I was growing up the the when self-harm was depicted, it was a razor. It was always a razor. And it made right. like and it would be like break open your dad's razor. Like if you find one in the trash, you can actually break it open and there's a sharp part on the other. Okay. Side let's that's that's okay. Let's not tell the kitties how to cut themselves. I'm, it, it, but it's it doesn't easier, work like that it's anymore. A, it's also, a, it's an people cut, got Caroline. cheap. It, I, it, I'm pretty sure it doesn't work like that anymore. And people got cheap, and it's half a razor now. But you know, you used I, to be I, able to. Do- I would like to positive. know. You're almost positive. What? Oh, I'm almost positive. There's like a website that sells like specialty cutting things now. So probably. And I also think it's unfair to think that my that I'm giving resources when there's the ticky of all talkies out here. Explaining things better Very and more Gen, Gen Z and Alpha than I ever could. And I, with the link, okay? <laughs> like, yeah. I would really like to know how much time has passed because we go from like I, one solitary cut to like too. up and down the arm. A and we can only assume that cuts. it's just that arm. Like it could be We both. can only we assume. Don't know. 
it could be but she is just brazen so that's my 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 understanding was it could be because she says we know it's at least three weeks um but I, you know, I, obviously I know the implication is that it's much more, but we only know that it's, we have a confirmed three weeks because of the shady ass front desk lady who's like, you know, the week before that and the week before that. Um, so it's the third week. Technically. So it's probably, okay. But we could have maybe a month. It could be maybe a month. But yeah. like, damn That's a girl. lot of cutting. I mean, I don't know. I was That's never a, a cutter, but that feels like a lot. Uh, I worked no. in mental health, Chris. It feels. It I used to date like a cutter. Uh, I used to date a cutter. It was like Weird flex, a but okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I don't, I don't know how many people can. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it really was like once a week. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> there, I. Like Ellie was going hard. To so either it's so. been like a year and a half. Blood loss was like right. Like or Ellie's working overtime. Concern, so, Ellie. So whenever I see probably anemic. When we see the when we see the big arm reveal, uh, I was like, oh god, how long has this been? Right. Uh, because it it's like it's like a year's worth of cutting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do like, they cutters, know that? Do cutters know don't that? cut at like I mean, th- granted, there's a bunch of different reasons and ways people cut but cutters aren't cutting at least 13 reasons in inconvenience like it's more of like a a reaction to a major stressful problem mm-hmm. but he's I mean, our teen so everything is a major stressful problem right right every it's He's harder like when you're a teenager staring like, at that compass and is like you know what I've got to do like so, I, I just I can't stand the way that like and it's I again Caroline I'm watching on the lens of trying to to see the worst so mm-hmm. when I'm just like Stacy here I know she's trying but I know the script said Ellie is laying on floor staring at compass until she can <laughs> take it no more and decide like, that like it just looks so just like point a point b like it doesn't there's it's, it's, it's so a weird shot. And, like, it's a very weird. <laughs> it's a weird. Yeah, it's. I, like I said, I let out an audible groan when I saw the compass. I was like, there's no way. Like, this kid, yeah. this is not it. But you got to keep in mind. And, and Chris, you're maybe not considering this because you don't know. But on top of everything we've seen, Ellie's best friend is Ashley, and she's now working under Caitlin Ryan and both of those are probably things that would make me cut myself. So oh, I was, fuck. I was going to ask, like, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think that the co-op position um, is stressful and mm-hmm. she's just coming home and like letting a little blood out to let some steam off. Like, See, I don't, I feel like the co-op position is her, her safe haven. It's her, it's, it's her, her home thing, life that's stressful. I also do think it's a bunch of work, though. Mm-hmm. I do think it looks like a bunch of chaotic work because of Caitlyn's personality. And she's just like, teen uh, hotlines, do they really yeah. work? Go. And she's like... Uh, yeah, what the fuck is that? What the fuck, bitch? Okay, I'm just gonna... <laughs> Like fucking call and like right like she gives her zero resource. She's lucky that Ellie is like someone who can think on her feet and be resourceful because someone like Paige would probably be like, "You didn't tell me how to do that. Like, how am I supposed to do that?" (laughs) But like Ellie is self and dependent. She's an uh, she's a self starter or whatever. She's like that's a very it's a very important topic 
and you're just <laughs> flippantly walking in like, hey, go, do it. Also, right. what are you, 16? Like, can we get some That's real Caitlin's journalism up pers- in here? That's Caitlyn's fucking personality. It's so tracks that she's can so I say too? and like out of touch and just like annoying. <laughs> can I like, say too that to like Caitlin happen. a thing that I noticed was that like they talk about Caitlyn's piece on Tent City and from what we're told it sounds like she was interviewing like the volunteers or activists and not like the people living in Tent City and that's shitty journalism yes. right there. Yeah. Yes. Also, that's uh, exactly what they were both doing. When I when they I first interviewed only an activist. When I first heard about her dream job being at the co-op, mm-hmm. um, I thought we were talking like Hunger Mountain Co-op, and mm-hmm. I, I, I took a note and I was like, "Why is her dream job at the co-op?" And then, <laughs> like a few sentences later, it's revealed that it's whatever whatever it's reporting journalism, and uh, right. so so at first I was very confused as to why she wanted the stock fruits and vegetables at a co-op. Is her no, no, that's co-op exactly what I thought lake. it was at first too. Yeah. I don't entirely like understand it because my school didn't do it, but like, yeah, it's like a work study type internship type deal. Well, it was revealed that, but right, I like only, it, it I'm would only be, it button would, American in Vermont. Okay? I was gonna, I was gonna say, it would make more sense to call it a work study or an internship. Co-op is faster. Which they, to yes. be fair, to be fair, in the when it gets more Americanized in the later seasons, Claire has an internship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's no longer called a fucking co-op because they know that American kids who watch other teen shows are not going to fucking Google what is a co-op because yeah. it's really regional and it's not like, you know, like, but they're not, they don't care. Well, they're making the public access Canadian television. <sighs> yeah. They're like, you could stand to Google. You could stand to look that shit up in the fucking dictionary, bitch. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I have... <laughs> Okay, so I feel like we need to talk about Paige, but before we talk about Paige, I'd like to hear what Chris has to say about Marco. I know you had notes on Marco. Okay, so why was it for a time in television, (laughs) film, art, what have you, every fucking Latin that was injected into a show was made to be this super fucking gay twink? He's Italian. Right. What? don't be huh? racist. He's Italian. He's Italian? He's God, Italian. Even... Uh, Ruggerio. Ruggerio. Oh, well, well the, the, character the point is, still wow, stands. That was a way the, the, wider the, pronunciation the, of that than I could have even pulled off. The, that was the, the, medium, the medium brown person I, I'm is not thrown on TV <laughs> to be a, a, like a flamboyant twink. And it's every fucking show from that era. Literally every show. Yeah. Go watch a movie from that time. And if there's a if there's a gay person represented, they are like I said, the medium brown person who's a flamboyant twink, and they're just over the top. And mm-hmm. I remember being like a kid, where the only representation I saw of people who look like me on TV was that. And I'm like, God, I'm like, oh, I, mean, I can just look at any of my family members and see there's a lot more dynamic to the, the Latin community than this. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot it's more just dynamic really to the gay community. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it misses on I mean, so many levels. And it's like, gay people have always existed. How did you, how, how is the writing so bad for these? Ugh. 
Uh, I it, feel like they, they give, I mean, they give us two types here, and I think that's all we get for a while. We get another, like, twink-type character in competition with Marco later, but, oh, like, great. it's it's mostly Marco, the, that guy, and then Dylan, who we see Marco Mac, you know, like, she says, Paige says, uh, it must be hard to watch your ex-boyfriend fall in love with my brother. <laughs> so her brother is a, a hockey player. Oh, super yeah. Fucking and Paige don't give she yeah. Um, <laughs> so she's like, he's a hockey player. He's brawny, you know, but he's outwardly gay. He is probably like that represent the only representation we get like that in this show, of like a well. I actually think the only like he makes it super like oh everybody who plays hockey is gay basically like that's yeah. what he makes it seem like like we're all gay over here we all play hockey and i've I known mean, hockey players like cool was big at a school i went to As... and like the, all of those guys were very straight so i don't know unless they were like having orgies in the locker room which i don't think so as someone um... who played a lot of sports <laughs> uh high school sports it's a lot more homosexuality in that locker room than you think of they like to call it just just brown around, you know. Ooh, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> that's yeah. intriguing. That's way more intriguing than any sports film I've ever seen. It's uh, but uh, <laughs> it's 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 definitely some sort of culture. But hey, don't yeah. don't call it gay though, because uh, they don't like that. And they just brown around, just bros just being dudes. Around. I was gonna say just bros <laughs> being dudes because all I could think of was just gals being pals. But I'm like, what's the dude equivalent of that? Bros being dudes, totally straight. <laughs> Just straight behavior over here. Complete you know, Avis, we've talked about it on the show. I am a huge advocate of, like, play grab ass with your friends. Mm-hmm. It's fine. doesn't have to be gay. It can yeah. be. I, Maybe you just... It can be, but... Yeah. Sometimes it's nice yeah, why to grab weird ass. About it? Exactly. I have, I have friends... All of my friends pretty much have nice asses, and that's not a criteria that I have while selecting... <laughs> Friend, it, it just to to coincide, way. right? Like, just like you have a nice ass, you know. Um, love to grab them. Love to. I feel like I'm a melon felon. I stole that from from fucking Megan Fox and New Girl. That's the only time I've ever heard that term, and it 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 like I feel that. So I, I also just, like you know, to I feel like caress like a boob be... now and then. I feel if I, I called myself, of course. if I called myself a melon felon, I feel like somebody would arrest me. <laughs> I mean, somebody should. But I do enjoy uh, I've said it, and ironically, it, it goes over like a pickup line. I've said it, and it does not kill the mood. So I pro- probably only think that, like, that's a skill. I can say. Maybe. Uh. <laughs> Maybe. But no, I, by the way, I'm I'm totally gonna say melon felon at work, and Caroline's gonna be like, "That's inappropriate. I need to speak to HR." Oh my god. Um. Okay. So Paige, though, Paige is a rock star in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, love her. She chases Ellie down. She's like, "You're no, like I don't like you, but you're harming yourself. Like we're right. not friends." But <laughs> and the way like, she responds I when like Ellie you. shows her her arm and like she takes it and it's like it's very yeah it's it's heartbreaking yeah. it's very heartbreaking she's, it's very she, I think loving she's very it's more tender than we see Paige tender very often. it's tender yeah oh, okay Ellie. so I interpreted the scene way different okay, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it gave off uh, I believe the movie's uh, seven 
Yeah. Uh, what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> that was that was Paige. <laughs> Show me your arm. Show me your arm. Oh fuck. And then the oh my god, oh my god, like it it. I I'd like to think that that scene was an homage to complete Seven devastation with like. the what's in the box. It was oh fuck the, the, the cadence. Even the go back and watch that scene. I'll even probably, the cadence, even yeah. the cadence is, what's in the box? I Show me your arm. Oh my god! Scene without thinking of it. Seven. Honestly, truly beautiful. Thanks for it, that. I, I love. Right. I love filmmaking and, or just, just yeah, filmmaking where it owns the moment as its own thing, but homages mm. something in the back. Uh, that happens, uh, you know, in something else. And it, yeah. I swear to you, whoever wrote that part was fresh off a of bender. Like, I just saw this movie seven. <laughs> we got to inject this in. into an episode somewhere. <laughs> and they saw the what's in the box and was like, we can make this work. I know we can make it work. We can do it. And they did it. And God damn, it's awesome. I love it. I didn't feel, you know it was, it, and honestly, that was the most acting I saw on the show. It's like, mm-hmm. it was like visceral. I could tell. It's just, show me your arm. Show me your arm. Oh my God. I, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very intense moment though. And I never saw, like, we're all like, oh, it's tender. But I never, I, I never saw the intensity of like, <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> and now I need, I need to rewatch the scene from that like frame of reference and like, yeah. In yeah, this no, mindset, like, because I just didn't, but like I was totally seeing Paige as being super like. Well, no, she's like, not oh, tender just... until after Ellie shows her her arm, and then that's she's what like, I mean. Okay, yeah, this is what no, we're yeah, dealing she... with. and I think right really when she says, "Oh, Ellie," <laughs> more the tender part is for me is when she says, "Oh, Ellie," and she like, and it's okay. kind of touches her. She touches, and, yeah. Her. Oh, so yeah, I, she's like, I, oh, so Ellie. It's a, that yeah. part reminded me of that meme where it's like, <laughs> or that or th- that meme where it's like you touch the scar and it's like, will you stop for me? Like, that's what that whole moment felt like. <laughs> that's what it did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know what that sound I just made was. We're going to cut that. And Chris, if you ever tell anybody about whatever just came out of me. I did I not hear it, but like all I know, if I was Ellie's boyfriend, I would have hit her with that. I would have rubbed the scars and be like, "Will you stop for me?" And Ellie does not have a boyfriend currently, and that is why. To and don't they have a moment where she shows him her scars? Yes, oh. because she wants to freak him episode, out. They have a very tender. Yes, moment. she's she's trying to scare. Take him on off. me. That episode is called "Take on Me." Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited for You know Charlie can hit that on Davis. Oh fuck, he's gonna have to prove it. So I don't make the rules. I just <laughs> that's something I've gotta hear with my own ears. <laughs> so I know we just spent five minutes talking about that whole what's in the box and then will you stop for me? Um, <laughs> if no one it, this takes place in the span of twenty one seconds. And there's a lot that comes at you. It does. Like this is this whole episode is pure chaos. It's utilizing it's, every 
fucking minute. It's actually almost, if it was not for the form of the show, I think that they would have tried to ditch the B plot because mm. I don't, I don't know if we ever actually count how many uh, minutes they spend on the main plot and how many uh, minutes they spend so, on the B plot, but like it's scant. We get very little. If they make this show today, this is an eight-part Netflix series from this episode it, alone. Uh, oh, oh, totally is. They could. It's eight hours. All, yeah. It's eight hours if this is made today. People you should wish. do it, Chris. No, I'm, you should make a Netflix the way, series that is it would an be fucking miserable. One episode of Degrassi, the so, only one you've they'd ever have seen. to change the compass though, unless they want to just set it right back there in two thousand three. Like fuck yeah. it, we're keeping the compass. Fuck it. Maybe hey, it's a period piece at that point. People are really <laughs> oh, interested in nostalgia. Oh gosh, balls to the wall. Yeah, got some Lincoln Park plan in the end. Oh. Oh, oh! You're gonna pay for that song, and I'm on board for paying for it. Let's do it. (laughs) Can we talk about real quick? uh, Because we're talking about the scars and Paige and Ellie's relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, What timing when she's talking to the counselor about Ellie, as Ellie is just walking by? Yes. (laughs) Also, do these kids go to class? Um, No, because they're just (laughs) roaming the halls constantly. Uh, not today yeah. just for the time except for the times that El- the one time ellie's like can i please go to class and when they're getting pulled out of class so we see them in class more this episode and the pop quiz. like or rather waiting for class or class is just about to be over we get a flash in class like i think yeah we get her in the we pop should have quiz spent we more get time them in waiting class because it was mr armstrong yeah I always. It was I yeah. usually we always. get them in sitting I, I, in class and getting some kind of like interaction with the teacher. That that so happens typically. It seems like there's a ton of kids at this school. It seems like they're in a like in a big city in general. Toronto, um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Jesus. So yeah, they're in what Toronto. timing? Just, where the one time Paige is talking about the, to the counselor, and she's like, "My friend," as the friend is three feet away. Like man, what? what and what nobody good else is there. Love that. Yeah, no one. She right. She's like, Are you talking about me? Like, Ta- um, obviously. <laughs> like clearly, who else am I? There's a tumbleweed blowing around. Who else am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I don't know. But like, like yeah. Shout out to Miss Sove. You know, Ms. shout Sauvé out to Miss Sove doing the work. Like Did she once do work? again, um, my girlfriend was like, "She's not getting paid to listen she's to gonna these start kids." I'm like, "That's literally like at least her job." An hour so a this... week in a room with Ellie. That's work. Well, they that, showed three that, seconds. It is work. Where she and basically was like, exhausted. "How does that make you feel?" Well, we'll they talk about it next week. Two minutes. They have twenty-two <laughs> minutes, my dude. What do you she's want like from next week? It's like I wasted your time. It's like that's okay. We'll talk about it next week. You know, like everything. You I, that I, was a whole hour. I just if don't that was feel... a whole hour of time. Excruciating. Also relatable, like the, but wow. I don't feel like the counselor's doing her job. I don't know. Something in my stomach just doesn't. Well, you gotta she, watch. Shad. I mean, you gotta see her with Paige. Miss Sove Paige is Miss Sove. Actually, does the work with Paige. Oh, okay. She mm-hmm. does some without uh, Miss Sove. I don't think, and like having her confront a lot of the things, and just being solid for Paige. You know, her recovery road. You gotta would keep not in mind, Ellie's not trying to talk. You know, you can only do so. But much she, until 
the person she did encourage her to yeah like actually fully commit to counseling she did say like deciding to come here instead of cut is a important first step um if she were following the rules of a normal cutter however ellie is a hyper cutter so we're not sure (laughs) we're we're not sure um I, I just want to give one little. <laughs> I want to give one little final thought on Ellie. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't deserve the job. Paige clearly <laughs> that deserved interview that was job. So bad. Like <laughs> she, she didn't deserve. Poor it. Ellie for not having like for being in the era where like cheap eyeliner was smudge not smudge proof because like even now the cheap shit is smudge proof. Like you have also, to go out of your way to find like. Also, it was her eye. It it was her eye that was smudged. Why was she wiping her entire face? Now you're gonna look worse. Yeah. Assuming that her whole makeup is done. Fucking. Are you removing silver? Yeah. Are you removing your whole makeup like now in this interview? Just just rubbing away at her eye and right like she Caitlyn should have but like you know what Caitlyn looked at her because Caitlyn is um I I know you got the background but like the 80s series um uh the late 80s early 90s series Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High Caitlyn was a character throughout that series um when she was actually that age now they are trying to keep her relevant which she's not in my opinion. I don't fucking like her. Um, but like they're trying to keep her relevant. And she was a once a young, plucky, messy journalist or cause girl, whatever she felt like in the moment. And so she sees a little bit of herself in Ellie because she was too a fucking mess. So I think that that's just what it is. Oh, that she so- always despised the like popular girl. And if she has a little bit of power, she's going to take a chance on the clearly... Like not very popular alt girl. So, that so the compass makes a lot more sense now because it's all coming full circle. Uh, look at that! That's genius writing. Look at that, and I'm sure the way that they do shit on this show that that was what they were thinking about rather than be- building a better fucking montage for us because in this to... instance I, the montage was not my favorite i had i, I loved how bad it bitch. was i had it to was funny put myself on mute just now to put a log on the fire so i missed the opportunity to say in a timely fashion fuck you chris <laughs> you never get to make that face you make at my dad jokes ever again Are I had to hit you with one. It's fair. Are we ready to transition into segments? Yeah. yeah. Shuffle on down you, to the music you talked corner. talked a lot about. Yes, I'm excited. You just... Uh, so to the music the corner. Pulling the song up yeah. now, I'm realizing that I fucked up. And the episode that... Or the song that I looked at was Careless Whisper. Which is another episode. Oh, well, that is all. That is a great song. However, no. It would not not apply. It does Um, not apply. So you all start talking while I uh, skim these lyrics real quick. So, so Whisper to a Scream, the song, Mm -hmm. um, it's literally follows that meme. Like, hey, mom, can we listen to Tears for Fears? 
And it's like, no, we have Tears for Fears at home. And it's this song. <laughs> I don't know if the budget wasn't as high that week. Uh, but I... <laughs> this song. Uh, it's upbeat. It It's... Very 80s. Whoever wrote this song, just, just from a musician standpoint, um, they're British, obviously, so, you know, first strike. Um, oh. Second strike. Uh, you do it's not like, support they, a British it, It's invasion. like, <laughs> they listened to the first U2 album, and their guitarist came and was like, hey, I wrote this. And they're like, oh, this is just the first U2, al- U2 album. And he's like, yeah, that's the point. And it's just so contrived and bad and rip off. And it was clearly, it was clear, because I looked up this timeline. Mm-hmm. They came along a little bit later than the first, like, British, what we would call, this is what we would call wave. Mm-hmm. And they clearly came along at the tail end. And this is probably some rich executive's son or cousin. And he's doing them a solid by recording them and throwing them on. And it's terrible. The The lyrics are disgustingly bad. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, this song was written by someone who has no lyrical prose whatsoever. And just slapped, like, shit that they thought that sounded cool. Like, what the fuck is sacrifice for a new Nirvana nighttime sends us on our way? Bro, you shut know- the fuck up. Cam tripped on acid and then just wrote this song. That's probably no acid makes way better music than this. Um, Not if you're mediocre to begin with. Especially that's not. It's not always. Birds fly in the faithless daughter. Oh my god! This just looks like someone who's seeing a lot of colors. This is someone who's seeing. This is not Chat GPT worthy. Only seeing black to me. You said somebody that's only seeing black. It feels okay. So the melody and everything feels okay, yeah, like I they're probably like. It, but okay, well, listen I to a the snippet. Wrong song, okay, I will. But I think lyrically. <laughs> okay, at do it you want to listen to it and I'll cut it out? Because I think the melody is pretty pop, like up okay. and right, and it's kind of contradictory to lay lyrics. So um. that, that was kind of like the style, though, of that British right. wave uh, right. was, you know, you had those catchy hooks and melodies mm-hmm. um, singing about like the darkest shit. Existentialism. <laughs> yeah. Like a- another another band that popped up into my head was that they listened to a ton of Joy Division. Yeah. So. Yeah. This that whole like, di- like, di- 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 <laughs> like that the longest super intro popular. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's enough. You know what? I have to say this does fit a lot better than it fit when I thought the song was Careless Whisper. Careless Whisper. Careless Whisper just completely did it. You were like, why did they do Like this, the nonsensical, like, in the eyes of the faithless daughter sacrificed for a new Nirvana bullshit. It reminds very, me of a song, I'm and 15, I just don't know what it is. Myself, because I had to go to a military send off. <laughs> it's a, it reminds me of like a better song, but I just don't know what that. It's gonna come to me uh, later. The drum beat. The, <laughs> the drum, drum beat, beat reminds me of uh, George of the Jungle. 
<laughs> not that, but yeah. Now again, I if I if I were to stumble, because this is not in my musical library. The last several songs have been songs that I actually enjoy and have, but this one, no, I don't have this song in my library, I, so I wouldn't hear it in the wild. I'm not joking. Um, if if you just take this up to a like a like like a half step up to like a a real George, major George, George, key. George, George. Okay, this but the drums in that, but the drums in that song like go so damn hard. Can we just like they go so? Yeah, it does. Hard. It, 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 <laughs> they were on a '80s um, workout playlist, so somebody knows them. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> it, I have never heard of them, and so like, if you go on YouTube, pretty. You know. There is a bunch of, if you go on their YouTube and read the comments, there are a bunch of British people with no personalities. Like, oh, it brings back so many, so many memories. <laughs> a song doesn't have to be good to bring back memories. I think Not it's funny. important okay. to admit that, like, you know, some of the things, because I still have, like, things I loved when I was 12, and not everything that you loved when you were 12 holds up. A lot right. of things do. I would oh, no, say, Lin, like, most Lin, music holds up. Lynn Biscuit goes pretty hard still. Well, I was going to say, most music holds up, but not all of it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I, so I think what was this, I'm not 87, a British person, 88, so something like I that? Uh, 84. I've never heard this song in my life. So in 84, <laughs> this honestly, this really was, like, Wave was still stupidly popular. Um, mm, yeah. This probably yeah, would have been way more popular in america than britain at the time which is yeah. why it makes sense it's on a north american show uh, because this was probably on the radio this song craven came on friday night hanging out with your friends and you hear the we are we are the children like chanting in the song and mm -hmm. you're like oh man i fucking am the children and yeah <laughs> i can yeah. i can see it i see the scenario where this is like nostalgic to someone yeah yeah i'll ask my mama if she knows of these people but i pretty much know have heard her songs on you know shuffle my entire life in various forms from an ipod to cds to tapes and such so i don't think i've ever heard this fucking song <laughs> and she loves you know she loves her yacht rock she loves her brit pop rock all of them. Like, I, I think I would have heard these people. God, I love your mom so, so much. I, I don't mind when British people make music. Um, <laughs> I just don't want to be exposed to it. You're like, you're allowed. Like, okay, this song but... is like, like, I these people are clearly British. And, is Soft Cell British? Uh, probably. No, no, Soft Cell's New York City. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Okay, so I'm like, okay, because I But see, but to, that's good. If they I have are to stand up for soft cell. <laughs> but no, that's that's good, though, because I don't know if they are British or if they're just right, from Right, they're not, they're so not overtly that's the type, British, too. So that's the type of British representation I want is where it's hidden from me. I don't know. Um, and they're not hiding their overt <laughs> Britishism in this. I want to be bamboozled into that. Yeah. And not know. Exactly. No, like, I don't want to be... I don't want to be cognitive. I'm supporting British. But yes, yeah, so I would agree from what I've heard, the song is aggressively British. It's not great. Yeah, it is. I think it's pretty fitting for this episode, though. It is. I mean, the lyrics, not the not the vibe, 
But the lyrics, yeah. The Whisper lyrics. to I mean, a scream. I, they're Ellie very Ellie. Scream, so but like, I, I don't think that Ellie, Ellie would listen to this song. And if she this, did, so. she would listen to it in headphones. And like, if someone tried to like, take the cd or the tape she would be like no you can't see what the fuck i'm listening to because she would be embarrassed by this but maybe she would listen to it in her headphones <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't know she's into british oh no i'm not getting i don't think this fits ellie i personally just what little i know about ellie um mm-hmm. i don't take her as a big british wave fan Musically, no. It's more just like her, her the something. I think it sounds like a poem she would write, um, mm-hmm. or a poem she wishes that she wrote. Here's uh, the thing: is if she was that sort in of Craig person, yet, this would be what she listens to because she's very much a like oh, take on the personality of who I'm dating, and I feel like Craig probably like isn't super into True. British wave, but is like aware of and no. like it's like oh yeah well you know it's really but he did know that. he did know the name of that of the uh front of sid of vicious of the sex pistols it's weird to me that you don't know that i am not yeah. i don't care <laughs> good care. sex pistols i never cared about the sex pistols other than so, knowing that they exist <laughs> quick 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 thing about the sex pistols because i love dunking on them whenever i can um the sex pistols were quite literally a boy band that was put together by a new york fashion designer um <laughs> that was meant to capitalize off of the punk movement in america especially mm. new york um, so they weren't a real punk band. They were, there's nothing about them that was punk. <laughs> they were put together by the equivalent of a fashion billionaire uh, to make more money. And mm. I hate that they're treated as this stepping, like this big point in punk history. They're not punk. Yeah. It's it's like calling the Backstreet Boys it's punk. It's because punk. everybody they knows their put together. name. Because that's what I they know, created. Because they're a brand. They're a brand. It's they were put together to be a brand. The only reason I know who Sid Vicious is is because of Craig Manning. The longest music corner. That was we've a fun music date. corner. Oh, Before, sorry, I mean, but we had a musician on the show, right? so we had to go all yeah, out. Yeah, I'm I'm passionate and a hater, so. Um. Yeah. Before we mosey on over to the fashion corner, let's take a stop for a hun count. Um, Chris, you don't know, but we <laughs> are tracking how many times Paige says hun. Um, and we get only one this episode, which is a little weird. I kept feeling like I had to be missing oh. some because there's so much snark in the beginning. Oh, it was a good one, too. But yeah. she hands the test to Ellie and goes, break a leg, hun. And it's great. <laughs> I actually had that under my shots fired category. Because that is... feels like a shot fired. It was a shot fired. Um, but the fashion corner... Is Avis's favorite corner, so we usually go there next. Yes. Um, so obviously, this is just a heavy Ellie century uh, centric episode. So I'm just gonna kind of save myself a lot of words and breath, and like just represent it visually on the socials. But um, really, literally every outfit Ellie is wearing, I pretty much enjoy, except for the one where she looks like Long John Silver. Oh my, my god. So, yes. 
<laughs> Go ahead, Chris. The interview, Come right? On. Yeah. The interview where this bitch walks in looking like curious fucking George. Like, are you? Like yeah, I said, she didn't deserve time. the job. If you walk in looking like you just got off of a three month stint fishing off the fucking coast of Nova Scotia, you're not getting the job. Well, no, actually, that's like she. To be fair, her original. All she's missing are the outfit. fucking galoshes, like her boots look of the the perfect stand-in like i don't know that i mean her original wearing her original interview outfit either but do you okay get the but job? if we're comparing it to pages page looks like a little like shrunk down version of her mom probably she does. whereas she does. like it's such a bad little i think suit it's so <laughs> horribly fucking cut it is terribly cut it's so it does Penny. nothing for her it's so off I did the fucking it. rack. It's terrible. And not a I good color. Not it. a good color. It was it was giving me Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, totally. <laughs> Before like pre-stylist. No, I'm joking. Because she I <laughs> I think that there's a couple looks that we'll agree that like, okay, she had her moment, Hillary, but like this no, era no. usually <laughs> looks amazing. She does. She stuns later in this episode, but it's like, no, Ellie, this the outfit that she had on for her interview pre ruin. I really did enjoy. I love the detail of um the uh, shoulder, the arm with the like sections of her shoulder showing. But I I don't know if it's an outfit you should. I'm looking at it with the spike collars and the chain. Right, um, like, should you wear that to... I, I wrote down a note that says Avril Lavigne was a mistake. <laughs> Avril Lavigne was a moment, and moments can be looked back upon as mistakes. But I think the only real mistake about Avril Lavigne's moment were the ties. What's a bigger... I'm surprised I didn't they didn't do that. Chris, the because... Sex Pistols or Avril Lavigne? Oh, Avril Lavigne is punk. Even though she's more corporatized punk, she's still punk. <laughs> corporatized punk you know so, what's really punk honestly, is marrying though, the front man from Nickelback yeah yeah it's, I think it I, I think at some point when you become rich you just uh, just yeah you're no longer punk at that point right Gr- so Gwen Stefani marrying, married a man named Blake Shelton like who's a country artist and yeah. she started off as like an actual like Jamaican dance hall singer. So yeah, like I said, money will ruin a lot of things. Yeah, I have to uh, give so- a shout out to Ellie's like alt army brat outfit. Oh, oh yeah. totally. That's probably my favorite outfit of it because something. we also get the head to toe of it. She's wearing the fuck out of these boots. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they just said, make these boots work, and we're going to just figure it out. But, like, I, this is one of my favorite combinations that they actually make of the boots. Um, and, of course, they just want her to be in her mini skirt era. So, um, the, the Avril Lavigne fashion, uh, Avril was huge at that time when mm-hmm. this came out. Yeah. Um, it was very clear what demographic they were pandering to with her outfit choices mm. like it this was literally uh, I, every People single outfit is character. avril lavigne it, it, mm. it, yeah exactly like ellie in general is 
when I feel like Avril Lavigne was as a kid. Mm-hmm. And like it's this very is prevalent. what people think of when they think of like because honestly, before this, Ellie was a hot ass fucking mess. Um, she her hair was crimped, it was puffy. Now they've decided, okay, we need to s- firmly settle yeah. her on these pigtails. She's her look is much more cemented now. Um, you should check out our Instagram, yeah, Chris, you know. for some more Ellie fashion. Yeah, Insta for those. some for some Ellie fashion. Some some deep cuts from season one that everyone would like to forget, but no, these were her humble roots. Emphasis so, on humble. <laughs> I have uh, I don't know if you got the screenshots or not, but I have we did, at yeah. uh, ten forty seven, ten minutes and forty seven. Uh, I wrote real goth hours because this is this is true goth fashion, black on black, metal. Uh, metal accessories, like, she, and even like the the look on her face is, like, yeah, mm. that she's she's going through some shit. She's wearing the pain, physically and metaphysically, and I think that this is the best that she, yeah, looks the black yeah. wardrobe wise, yeah, like it just works. Like that was an awesome yeah. design choice. They went for it. They actually committed to the look. And I mean, I think they try. They do commit throughout the episode. It's more just like, I don't know. I, I, as much as I really do like the army grad outfit, I don't get her wearing it. Um, if that she makes sense, her like dad. I just, it's not something. It is. She does miss her dad, but I don't. I don't believe that she owned that. Yeah, I don't I, believe that she owned that in her wardrobe because, just like, just because your dad is in the military doesn't mean you like i don't know did she just what we know of her character it just doesn't seem like she would own anything it's an interesting fatigue. choice and, and that's like it's an know, interesting choice and we i mean good. just they want to tag it, it very like right it's just noticeable fashion choice yeah chris i'm curious so, about I just think your first we... screenshot okay yes mm-hmm. yes um so this for, so uh, i i forget her name uh, but at 2.53 in the episode, uh, we see this Costco soccer mom walk in, and I'm led <laughs> to believe the cute guy is her secret admirer, and secret that's Costco a big plot hole. soccer mom. Okay, but this is how Did they he... dress Terry, justice for Terry, because this this is what she's giving. Yes. That's one of my she's fucking passions, and it's a terrible picture, but her at mom. the end, in her fucking ankle-length skirt, with her fucking granny sneakers i'm so mad about it i'm gonna die mad they have not given her new sneakers in two seasons these are the same focaccia ass dad sneakers that she's been wearing for episodes now and they keep making her wear that uh skirt that she wore to the dance Mm -hmm. they keep making her wear that fucking skirt i'm gonna rejoice when they fucking you know when she starts dating Rick, they'll at least probably give her another like fucking skirt to wear. What the fuck? They, this show she, hates Terry. She, Please don't the, expect anything the, it, from Terry's like, fucking fashion. So, uh, also like it's just she's just so milk toast with her <laughs> wardrobe, and mm-hmm. then they try to like give her a little edgy with like her makeup, and it's like two clashing styles that make zero sense. Okay, and like I said, so, it's a major because right. she's a major beautiful, and they can't deny that. Though it's a major plot hole. You do not so, but have they a can, secret admirer dressing like that. 
But they well, can dress her don't. like a potato in potato sacks. That's the thing. the thing. Like she has that zero you self-esteem. Have to keep in mind too, though, Chris, is it is two thousand and three. If you were above a size ten, your clothing options were very limited. It was like mini HR rack. Lane Bryant. Lane, yeah, yeah. You it was Lane Bryant yeah, yeah. or Torrid. Torrid, um, yeah, yeah. Or like hand me downs from like your your aunt's friend. Like it was not a good time. Okay, I mean, I I guess looking looking at it like that, but. Good lord! Like it's I just bad. keep looking like, at yes, it. It gets worse she, every she, time I look at it. But like this is also the character. They all like there were jeans <sighs> that you could buy that were in a larger size. She just doesn't wear jeans. She never wears jeans. She has about three skirts. Two of them are jean skirts that she rotates. And when they feel fancy, they want to bring in the fucking faded ass, nasty ass three toned skirt from a special episode in the first season <laughs> it's, it's it's just insulting to this it's just character. hilarious because like as as the first her time watching supposed it to love her <laughs> as as the fir- my first time watching it she's presented as like a very popular it girl um that's how mm. it's coming across soon out the gate she's like popular it girl everyone wants to be with her She's getting roses. There's multiple men who it could be, and okay, so it's it's she's not that. dressed like, and but she's dressed like she's gonna give me a fucking juice box and a fruit roll up, and I right, hate it. Right. So they she are is pres- popular. So she's she... friends with Paige and Hazel, and like she's in the It crew, but she's the fat friend in the It crew. It's a big deal that she's got a secret admirer. Yeah, and she really is, she's um, she's presented a as a fat friend. She's the yeah. fat friend, and she you, is a model you, for a fat girl completely brand. Completely unaware of how horrible the odds were for a young girl. I mean, I know it was bad. Like I was there, it was bad. But oh my god, like but, it was yeah, very no, bad. Is the fat she friend. she is one thing they can't deny is that she's pretty, but she's pretty for so, the, like a, a, she's a pretty fat friend she's so, not I, i'm really glad that like a lot of people <laughs> especially people like our age or my age have grown so far past like that line of thinking um granted there's a lot of shitheads who still think that way but like you know like a lot of people i associate so with aren't aren't going around saying like man she's pretty for a fat girl like I am so glad we've moved away from that disgusting line of thinking. And right. every time I go back to early shows like this, you're right. I, I'm i so far removed from that era mm-hmm. um, that whenever I go back and revisit stuff like this, that where you're right, it is representative of the culture at the time. It doesn't quite register with me uh, how fucking awful it, it was and how awful like that whole culture was of, do you know, I, if I look back at like pictures of when I first started thinking I was fat and when people started first like really telling me I was fat and I'm like, man, if I hadn't had all that coming at me, I probably would have developed like a healthier relationship with my body and food and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's ridiculous. It's, it, it is. And you know, like something, um, like the music industry, uh, 
I, I saw a post the other day on Twitter that was something to the effect of, um, I wish ugly people were allowed to make music again. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy how um, we still have these same thought processes. They've just kind of shifted to different spectrums. Because, uh, mm. like, if you're in music, and this goes for any uh, gender, um, you're expected to be, like, a hot, sex person. And if you're not, like, this hot, sexy person, say if you are bigger, they try to package you as, oh, this is, like, a hot, fat person. And it's crazy how we still have these thought processes. They've just shifted around. And yeah. Like, I really don't know many professional – I don't know many professional musicians who don't have some sort of eating disorder, unhealthy relationship with food. Uh, it's really pervasive, and uh, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's head on down to the bad side of town. Pew 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 pew. pew, pew. Shots fired. Um, shots are fired. My <laughs> my very first one is um, Ashley being like, Caitlin's show is about social issues, right? Paige probably thinks it's about social life. Um, <laughs> that was one of mine so I'm glad I actually had one before that um, and I mean it's not as quippy but uh, Ellie's saying to Ash "Who? Are, uh, what are you my counselor foreshadowing because at the end she's going to need a counselor yeah yeah yes indeed um, um, did yeah. you uh, Chris does, we try to do them in like kind of order when they happen but it's not uh super necessary oh, so I, I think mine takes place in that same conversation where okay. Paige and ellie are kind of snipping at each other mm-hmm. and then ellie hits her with the fucking pardon me like oh my god <laughs> that stung like that was that was harsh um in the most canadian way possible <laughs> canadian harshness because if that was made today she would have said, the fuck you talking about, bitch? And right. Degrassi, it's pardon me? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was catty. Um, do you have Hazel's, Caroline? I don't. I do okay, have, great. Okay. Uh, I do have I'm Terry really saying, then. can we take the long way to music class, though, to Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hate uh, Toby. I have uh, Hazel saying, if that's some kind of Terry scrapbook, I'm calling the police. <laughs> well, and then I have Terry. Which I was, I rose. laughed out loud. It was I so heard good. that. Oh my gosh. I have Terry taking the rose and crumpling it up and throwing it at Toby. Oh my gosh. Yes. Do you have any more? Um, I have. Uh, oh, yeah. Paige saying. Wow, I guess she really did feel sorry for you. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my Yeah, that too. was good. That so was cunty. really good. So cunty. And my last one uh, is Toby and Terry. Toby saying, I've been testing you and you failed, Clarice. Terry saying, so you're not my secret admirer? Toby saying, you wish. <laughs> Got her. Got, Got her. her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's it. That's it. I actually th- like. I really think that the quality ones were for, like we don't need a whole long list. It was actually mm-hmm. there was some laugh out loud. There, there was a lot of in this one-liners. episode. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah. indicative of the show, but there is 
one-liners just out the ass in this one. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty on on brand. Um, I have an important shining star that I just wanted to make sure. Okay, uh, I feel well. Obviously, Paige. We already know. No, she's cunt server. Yes. Um, my shining star was the black secretary. But <laughs> like, you can tell she lives super white Canada, and <laughs> is just dying to tell a white bitch off. Oh and gosh. she does it, and I I love that for her. I'm glad we she was able to do that. We usually stick to people who are characters and not plot devices, but I'm gonna allow that one. <laughs> um, yes. Um, through the conversation, yeah, I would say obviously, definitely Paige. Um, I can't. Miss Surveying. Ellie didn't. Ellie didn't bum me out, but I don't know if I would put her in the suit shining star. She's not a shining star. Survey, um, I've got a, no, Mar- no, no, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's really it. I mean, Manny like Marco's, is there for a second, uh, so we can just give her a shining star for a brief second our for screen being with her there. presence. But yeah, she got a credit that, that episode. Def- def- definitely think Paige and the Black Secretary carried the show. Yeah. <laughs> they carried. They carried. Um, okay, so super bummers. How do we feel? I, 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 I'm giving it to Ellie. Ellie's mom. Ellie's mom, mom is also really. She is not. She is a recurring character. Bitch. Yeah, I would say um, she's. And more, yeah, she's, she she counts. bumps me the fuck out. And her she dad, kind of, even though her dad doesn't come back, I mean, is he black hole? We'll need to confirm that. No, we'll he no because he doesn't. He at least like dies, even if we never. He's see him mentioned. Again. He hasn't been. He doesn't get. He black just. Hole. Oh, he's not black hole. He's, he's just, just in Kabul forever. Dun dun dun. Um, in Kabul. Yeah, her dad's um, kind of yeah. a bummer. Like, do you not understand mm-hmm. how alcoholism works? He's like, she's got it under control. <laughs> not at all. He understands nothing. And he does times? not care to do the research. I will say, technically, if she is going to be an alcoholic, laying on the couch all day is like. Probably the best case. The scenario. most ideal, yeah, scenario, yeah, yeah. Um, except yeah. for like you know, just so her general hack, down. like retaching in the fucking background, and yeah, burning the house down, stressing zen- her daughter, being out. xenophobic, hating Indian food. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll put Ellie in there too. Ellie, she's a bummer only because she's just. Gosh, Ellie, it, it gets better. I promise there's an episode where I like you. And I, I think this was start I was started to like I you. I think in this that episode. might have been a fever dream. Somewhat, you had, babe. I don't know about that. Oh, We're did we mention Toby? Trying. Because he bummed me the fuck out. He bummed I me the fuck Toby. out and creeped me the fuck out. So mm-hmm. yeah, he goes on there. The I wish fuck. it was Toby who got shot. Ooh. Wow. We love Toby, but just not in this episode. Damn. <laughs> Toby is deeply affected by this tragedy at Degrassi anyway. So, you know, he's involved. He's got yeah. he's got cards in the game. But yeah. Um Yeah. I yeah. guess it's just time to ask then. Does, Does it, go, it there? go there? Does it go there? Chris, what do you think? Obviously. Does it go there? <laughs> I, I, yes, it does. It goes there. <laughs> I think it goes there. You're like, eh. Yeah, I think we've got enough literal 
child harm um to yeah. warrant it going there and like alcoholism depicted poorly but still um stalking <laughs> yeah stalking and like yeah. a portrayal of a cannibal so yeah it goes there it goes there i just think gosh at yeah. what cost <laughs> What fucking you know, cost? It, it, looking at it through the lens of early two thousands, it it's par for the course. It it I can see why people like it. Um, uh, it surprisingly kind of holds up uh, for mm-hmm. that era of television. Um, definitely some weird shit. Um, <laughs> that's still pervasive, but. It, but yeah, I, I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's a show. Okay, so you walked out of it and you're like, this was you a should show. watch I, it with the kids. in a different in a different time in my life. Uh, I could have seen myself like waking up one morning and this is on TV and I'm like, oh cool, I'm gonna binge watch this for an early afternoon. Yeah, um, those were the days. Now the Degrassi I every episode ever know. marathons. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if now I could Hazy do it yeah, uh, just because it's just so it's it doesn't hold up in the sense that I want to binge watch it. Um, it holds no nostalgia value for me, so I'm probably not going to do that. Well, I'm not going to do I mean, that. I, but you, know, you don't know. As, some, yeah. as something that things, was yeah. something viewed in a vacuum as it, it, it I can see why there's podcast about it. yeah no i think it's definitely a lot of the nostalgia element and though it holds up for us we're like just so many things that you watch when you're a kid or growing up just don't hold up because they're cringier than you thought or they're just taking themselves way too seriously and i though this show is a good combination of both those things i also think it strikes a balance between like portraying something true for someone even if it's not the most like, like, uh, well executed portrayal, it like it tries, yeah, and it tries, no, and like, it typically lands on the more realistic end of the scale than a lot of other teen shows. Yeah, we talked about. I mean, when I mean we if, did... if you okay, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, just viewing it in the lens of uh, how we consume media now, mm-hmm. um, like whenever I said earlier. If this was made today, this episode right here is an eight-part Netflix series, yeah. and um, it, we just we just want to consume television way more differently these days. We live in a streaming era; everything needs to be super dramatized. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it, it is cool that they did touch on those subjects, however brief and corny it may be. They at least touched on them, uh, which you know I watched a well, lot of tv and there and no, nobody really did that well and it will like continue it's not like there's not going to be another episode about ellie's cutting but like we get check-ins with ellie and like doing therapy and doing group therapy and like dealing with her mom's shit she like, still has coping mechanisms once even when she's like way like not way way in the future but um when they start to have like after the shooting i believe she's seen uh, popping her um, her rubber bands, which is a coping mechanism against cutting. She, like, there are things that they continue to like uphold about her character, and it's not. Um... 
it's not like they dump her, you know, like I, I just yeah. think a lot of shows, but they also, a lot of shows don't have the time to, if they are going to, if it's going to be a show about cutting or it's going to be a show about yeah. a girl who was sexually assaulted, or it's going to be a show about a boy who has an eating disorder. It's not going to be a show about all these things because yeah. it can't be. And that's kind of the beauty of Degrassi is like, you do get this completely chaotic episode where Ellie is, is self-harming, but then next episode we're getting, um, you know, fuck a makeover and homophobia. Like there's, it's just completely dead. Like it goes completely right. to the different oh, I can uh, the end of the spectrum. Part. And we want to like have in a teen drama, it is kind of cool to be able to just not be with one character all the time. Like you could just watch all of Paige's episodes, all of Manny's episodes, but you're missing everything that's happening with Ellie, everything that's happening with Sean, yeah. Craig, you know, Spinner. It, you all know, these it's kind of like, like Saved by the Bell has like that one episode where uh, I forget who uh, is it. The does, I'm so like, excited diet pills. Yes. Yeah, yeah. they, it's they, like they have, ripped this directly from. The they have that. They have that one episode, and it's like okay, this is the only internal struggle we're, we're ever showing again. Right. And uh, I could see how Degrassi allowed people to be more human because, like. No, Save by it's the Bell is definitely a teen show, and it's you know, and, yeah, yeah, like, like, cause like, like the prog- progression of TV. Yeah. You know, it's like the progression of TV. You have Save by the Bell, which is all quirky and fun. Look at these people being in high school, and then you get Degrassi, which is you know, touching on more subjects. And now we're in like Thirteen Reasons Why, like full on deep psychological dives. So it is right. pretty cool to see television, uh, you know. Run the, the gamut and ev- ev- yeah. evolve into that. Yeah, and uh, well, from and what I, I understand, think... Degrassi had a huge hand playing in that. Yeah, no, and I think in particular, like media created for teens, like, and not that we haven't seen that progression in adult shows and kids shows and everything, but or their own versions of those progressions. But media, I don't know, media for teens to me is really interesting sometimes i think it's underrepresented as well very very interesting right because we decide that teens are are able to be done it's the same with ya books like that fiction that's why i'll never let anyone tell me and i haven't since i've been like quote unquote aged out of that demographic of a reader that i'm not allowed to read ya fiction because half the time it's just as good content wise writing wise and it's a lot more interesting because there's things that they're not afraid to talk about and do versus literary fiction that's trying to take itself so seriously um and i mean i think that is the same with degrassi like degrassi is covering a lot of topics that adult tv shows try to top uh tackle but they're doing it with kids and they're doing it well and even Mm -hmm. though it's not like always a hundred percent like oh this is the ideal representation i still think i'd stand by pretty much everything that they put on screen because they you can tell they're doing it with the purpose to educate and not to sensationalize not to you know do any sort of like it's not for their own ego it's to just educate people you know it it it's pretty cool to to see that they did that um because i think about like myself i went straight from like hey arnold to adult 
stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was no buffer or grace for, like, being a teen. It's, like, I went from, like, 11 to 20 overnight as far as, like, uh, age representation of media, media consumption in general. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, my age, uh, I just I, I just turned 36, um, so a lot of people, a couple years up and down, we lived through this period where uh, we didn't take teen representation really well. It was seen as unimportant or not culturally moving. Mm-hmm. And um, now, obviously, teen culture is a lot more represented. There's a lot more stuff to it, even though we do get a lot of, like, the adult stuff, like kids growing up too fast. But, like, seriously, like, like my, my generation was a generation that definitely we were just forced to grow up instantaneously. It's like you hit puberty, guess what? Everything around you is now adult-oriented and content, uh, which is why I think you see so many people my age love video games, uh, music, the arts. Like, the arts were your way to grow up, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, something like Degrassi, I think, um, like I said, I know it played a big role. I've never watched it, and I was still familiar with a lot of the things coming from it because it was if you were lucky enough to have this come across your tv as a 12 13 year old um 14 what what have you um it was something you can instantly identify and it's like oh man ellie's cutting i cut too and there's that teen representation that is not forcing kids to be adults it's representing teens and what they do and i think that's very important i think it's a part of life a lot of people miss out on um, and I know it's, you know, it sounds silly to be like, oh, well, this show helped raise a generation and raise a set amount of people. But it's true because representation matters and feeling like you're part of something matters. And even if that's a TV show, uh, I think that's really cool that it allows people to feel connected and grow up with it. And yeah, I understand the nostalgia for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. I think, I mean... I definitely feel like I had a little bit of a buffer between like a teenage hood. I don't know if I feel like today it's come full circle just instead of kids having access to the arts, you know, like your parents are telling you to go read something or go listen to the album you guys just bought. It's more like, okay, well now you've got to just kind of be on your iPad or some sort of meet uh, like form of like just technology. There's a lot of stimulation in that regard versus being kind of left alone to just imagine but I do feel like it's kind of come full circle and that I got more of a I'm uh 30 in July so I got more of like a teenage hood I remember watching shows like Unfabulous and stuff that were still on Nickelodeon that were about tweens like 12 and 13 year olds and I was 13 14 and like still watching that stuff because I didn't want to grow up so fast (laughs) Right. And like probably I should have grown up, but like that stuff was there. Whereas like Zoe, like Zoe 101, things that are intent, like insanely popular with kind of like the group of kids that I grew up with. And I don't feel like there is that out there because kids are also not watching Nick and Disney anymore. So there's no. not that network approved um, programming. You don't have Disney kind of setting what kids are 
into and and like outside of their like couple films like you have influencers and people on youtube and stuff so it's vastly different versus like when we were like you were able to look at degrassi and want to dress like ellie nash or really like Paige and like start saying hun or like doing a certain that like emulating these people that you see on tv because it's not like the culture anymore it's not about Mm -hmm. tv it's about the internet it's about the internet so (laughs) i just feel thankful that I got the basis that I did because like th- that's the nostalgia I look back to not a YouTube video. Like I look for YouTube videos of like, uh, like old shows that I used to watch that I can't find anymore. Not, you know, Oh, I remember watching this YouTuber when I was a, in yeah. high school or whatever. Like I just you know, didn't have that experience. You know, it's funny that you just kind of un- unlocked a memory is that like all those like tween shows, uh, kind of started to come out when I was like 18, 19 years old. Yeah, yep. And I was like super into them. Mm-hmm. And I remember like dating this girl in college and she was like, why are we watching Ned's Declassified? <laughs> and That's hilarious. I was like, because it's so awesome. Well, it's like, and, and like looking back, I should have been like, because I wasn't allowed to actually grow up as a teen, I just kind of became an adult. Like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Something just, just really like these kids. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. That, yeah, it, I'm glad it's come along, though. Even though, and I know you touched on, like, media influencers. There are still, like, a lot of good influencers who are still that age. You know, they're, yeah. they're still 12, 13, being yes. 12 and 13-year-olds, doing right. silly gallivanting around just weird, fun stuff. And I think that's yes. cool. Yes. I, I think that, well, I think it helps kids feel connected. And, and I do have to say, Chris, because we're about the same age, like... I'll be 36 in March. We did have teen media and tween media. You know, we had Boy Meets World. We had, like, it was there. You mm-hmm. just weren't watching it. Oh, we yeah. Had I was also really McGuire. poor. <laughs> I didn't Wait, have cable. Liz McGuire. Yeah. I didn't have right. cable too. I think it was like 16 or 17. A lot of, pre- yeah. It was still part of the cable package. I felt pretty rich when we got. It's. Honestly, probably why I'm so such a big horror movie fan mm-hmm. uh, is because I used to live like literally next door to a movie gallery. Um, okay. And because we didn't have cable, I would go rent like five or six horror movies that was ten bucks for the weekend and nice. just binge it. Yeah. And nice. uh, yeah. We yeah, had like I said, I didn't have cable. cable. I wasn't lucky. We were poor too. Mm-hmm. We just had stolen mm-hmm. cable, except for the like Somewhere. three month <laughs> period where all we had was Pax, which was a Christian channel. <laughs> Um, and a lot of the so weird, I was, like, I was late Mexican. night Christian TV, <laughs> made for TV movies, fucked with me. I, I was Mexican poor. Uh, Mexicans are too proud to admit they're poor. Uh, oh so they won't do things like steal cable. Um, they will just lie to themselves and be like, oh, well, we don't pay for cable because we want our kids to spend time with family. It's like, no, it's because we're fucking broke. It's because we're broke. <laughs> So one thing I do know about Degrassi, because you were saying, like, Boy Meets World that mm-hmm. I didn't have access to, I do know for a fact, because I remember this, that where I grew up in Alabama, because we had antennas, so we got channels 3, 5, 7, 9, and 11, and um, mm-hmm. Degrassi came on channel 11 for free. Um, I do know that. Okay, so yeah, because, yeah. There's cause a it... lot of people who had free access to Degrassi, where Boy considered... Meets World was, like, paywalled for us. It's was considered it was a learning ABC material. A it's, it's where I was, yeah. Um, Weird, because yeah, ABC can be a paywall. It's it. 
CBS isn't. I think CBS and NBC are not, but ABC is. Um, well, it was always owned by Disney. So yeah, um, I think that's why. I, yeah, because I remember. I think because it, it had the wonderful world of Disney and shit that they so did put on the cartoons. We're big. So in the South, big football fans. Um, I remember any time a big game came on, it was typically ABC. They usually get the big, big stuff, especially when I was growing up. So we'd have to go to a friend's house if we wanted to watch anything like that because we did not get ABC. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's right. I think it's a... Yeah. Um, but, I, but Degrassi is considered... Uh, like That's why um, it would have been on... I don't think it's PBS. I think it was something else. But a PBS-esque ch- channel, um, it might have been PBS, in, at least in my area, that is like just um, public programming. Because that's what it's yeah. considered in Canada. It was on public a, programming. It was, it was on a public programming uh, thing in Alabama. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would that tracks that tracks. That actually, we have a Degrassi podcast um, in Full in circle, universe like in universe, but it's our very own Toby Isaacs that will go on to have a podcast if you could call it that i mean his he, it's he like really a baby joe rogan but yeah. podcast though it's so bad oh no <laughs> we, don't. <laughs> we don't need oh to talk God. about his horrible we podcast. should just have chris yeah, watch all of the toby good. episodes and then come back for the toby retrospective Chris is like, no, that would I be lovely. I would love. I, I mean, episodes. Chris, if you want to, ch- maybe we should make it more of a choose your own adventure. Uh, it would be like, who, what character would you like to kind of follow? Because I hope to have retrospectives on all of the all of this core cast will be phased out in about three seasons, um, really? give or take. Yeah, interesting. They always start with like they phase them out rather uh, as elegantly as can as we can hope for um, and into and usher in a new cast. So what they do is they'll bring on a new care, new characters uh, in the lower grade every year to kind of give us skin in the game of characters that will outlast our current characters kind of thing. Cool. Um, so if you would like to follow one of these lovely major players now, you will only have to follow them until like season seven and then they're gone. <laughs> depending on who you choose they're, they're pretty much gone don't um, choose like, ellie she sticks around you know. for a long time way longer she sticks she around should. until at least like nine what is it like nine huh? like season she's a favorite she goes hollywood All right. Yeah, but if you want, if you want to follow one of these people, we will definitely have you, you back for the retrospective. And you, yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. You, you do what you, you know, choose wisely if you're going to choose at all. Um, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> some well, characters I, overstay their fucking welcome. I definitely uh, appreciate y'all letting me come on and talk. It was a really fun experience, and uh, I feel like a more understanding human being now that I've discussed Degrassi. <laughs> Oh, look at that no we loved having you you were great <laughs> i think you were really awesome perspective to have on the show and yes thank you so much thank it was you. a good time thank you see very you guys much. later see ya bye. bye bye thanks for listening to your mom's podcast next week we'll be watching manny give emma a bootylicious makeover and enduring more homophobia from spinner in against all odds boom This episode of Your Mom's Podcast was made possible in part by Caitlin Ryan Unscripted, Pearl Street Pizza, and of course support from listeners like you.
If you'd like to further support our show, you can find us on TikTok and Facebook as Your Mom's Padcast. We also have a Facebook group of the same name. And you can find us on Instagram at YMPadcast. Your Mom's Padcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscriptions and reviews are another great free way to support us. However, if you're interested in supporting us in not free ways, we have a lot of great bonus content on our Patreon, and some great merch at our shop, which can be found at your-moms-padcast-shop.fourthwall.com. And remember, that's Padcast. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you. We would like to say a thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Octavia Faith, Margot Mancini, June Bard, and Abots. And a very special thank you to our Titty Snake producer, Alika Fenderson. Thank you so much for supporting the show, guys. Thank you. Ew, I hate how I said thank you. Thank you. <laughs>